everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing I know something about game shows. I suppose I am your host, Jordan Haas, and I'm going to crack open a cold one. That's right, a, a Coke Zero with orange vanilla flavoring in it. Delicious. Anyway, uh, on today's episode, we talk about Finders Keepers with my friend Reese from the podcast. Video games are the worst thing on earth. It should be a lot of fun, but we have a lot to catch up on, so here we go. Uh, last week, I did a little fuck-up. Uh, I talked about Mental Samurai, and I didn't give it a letter grade. Uh, usually, as people know, if when I do a new game show review, I give it a letter grade, you know, from the F to the A+, like you would at a grade school. And if you're wondering what I think about Mental Samurai after watching the second episode, I still stand by what I say about uh, the game. It's fun play along, but it just seems like the the Ava is just set design, and I give it a solid B, just a B. Also, taping is now going underway for a new ABC game show. It's <clears throat> comedy and sports legends Rob Riggle and Joe Teslatore are joining forces to host Holy Moly, TV's first extreme miniature golf competition. The brand new show features contestants competing on an insane one-of-a-kind course that will blow your mind. The golfers will have to show their dexterity under pressure while battling larger-than-life holes and unheard-of course designs. And, in the end, the winner will receive a huge cash prize. Holy moly is a world where miniature golf is king, and the skill of its competitors will determine who wears the crown. So in other words, it looks like it's Wipeout. I'm guessing because it's in Santa Clarita, they're going to be filming it at the ranch from Wipeout. And because it is Rob Wiggle and Joe Teslatore, they're going to try to do the Wipeout format of a comedian and an ESPN broadcaster with like John Hanson and John Anderson. So all I got to say is, oh boy, Wipeout is back, but this time with golf. I mean, they did do a Mystic Art casting, so it is the Wipeout, guys. I assume this is a Wipeout show, because if they're doing Santa Clarita, that's telling me they're going to do it at the Wipeout Ranch, the where all the, the, the spills are. That's also where they film Ultimate Beastmaster uh, in 101 Ways to Leave a Game Show. So get get excited for ho- holy moly! It used to be called, I believe, mini uh, mega miniature golf. I think that's what it used to be called, mega miniature golf. Now it's called holy moly. Kind of like when you you know like like extreme musical chairs was oh sit. You know that that expression of uh oh, it's it's like up oh, like oh shit. This is like holy moly. <laughs> Lots of laughs. We like to have fun around here at ABC. Uh, congratulations to the Kids' Choice Awards winners. America's Got Talent for winning Best Reality Show. Honestly, I thought because it was Nickelodeon, it would go to, you know, Double Dare. Also, congratulations to Best uh, Hosts, Ellen DeGeneres. Once again, really thought it would be Mark Summers and Liza Koshy because, once again, Nickelodeon. But that, that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, earlier today, Article 13 in the EU might make it tougher uh, for, for parodies and satire and t- discussions and copyright. So, uh, folks, I, I got to say, the 
Article 13 will actually might make it a little tougher for me to do this show because, uh, as you know, I do a lot of European game shows here and there. So eventually I want to talk about Avanti and Ultra. I want to talk about Schlagen Star or Blocken, that Tetris game show. Uh, and if this holds up, uh, because this is international formats in Italy and Germany, I, I might not have a chance to actually, you know, see the show if, if this continues because of the way people can upload episodes for the sake of, you know, tape trading. Because uh, these are game shows, they don't really have the niche appeal to just stick around much on the network websites. Oh, well. But to uh, offset that for right now, hopefully, I feel like it, I feel like after doing a, a, a VPN, I should do a VPN, I got uh, Biebs. I just uh, got the Biebs VPN, and I've been watching some ITV and watching some 4OD. I might check out the BBC, because it is called Beebs after all. Uh, looks like I'm having my own little Brexit, as it were. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I have to get it because I want to review Catchpoint for next week. And it looks like a really interesting show of Patty McGinnis, of all people, the Take Me Out guy. Interesting. Uh, anyway, Daytime Emmys nominations occurred, and I got a few notes here. Best game show uh, is Jeopardy, obviously. Family Feud, a classic. The Price is Right, another classic. Let's Make a Deal, a good a good show. And then Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Which hasn't really been, you know, so hot recently. I mean, not to badmouth the show, but Millionaire is supposed to be like an event show, not really a syndicated strip. But, hey, it's nominated for an Emmy, I guess. I, I mean, I would have thought of a different game shows. Like Cash Cab came out this year. Uh, you also saw things like 25 words or less in, in rotation as just a pilot phase. So, uh, okay, sure, Millionaire is on that list, which which is weird because that means Wheel of Fortune did not make the cut this year. Usually that, that would make the cut, but that's fine. Best host, Pat Sajak. Cause, to remind you, Wheel of Fortune did not get best game show. Alex Trebek, which I'm going to guess will win the award. Uh, Wayne Brady, who won last year at, at the Daytime Emmys for Let's Make a Deal. Chris Harrison from Millionaire, which, okay. And then John Michael Higgins from America Says. America Says did not get nominated for Best Game Show, but John Michael Higgins did get nominated for Best Host. That says a lot either about the show, or it says a lot about how topsy-turvy Best Game Show and Best Game Show host is, at least at this year's Daytime Emmys. And personally, don't tell anyone this, I kind of like America Says a bit more than the current millionaire run, but only because it's a little bit silly. But the problem is the casting to get to those contestants is a little difficult, and uh, you don't really get to root for the contestants as often as you want. It's basically like outsmart. They just say ridiculous things because they just have to take a guess. But I do enjoy uh, America Says, so that's weird. Uh, but hey, good for John Michael Higgins on that one. Uh, and also just to take a few notes there's an outstanding children's sh series and top chef jr and american ninja warrior jr both got nominated which goes to show you that even a big franchise series like a top chef and american ninja warrior which are both game shows by the way uh that they can have a kids version of the show almost reminiscent of the things like storybook squares or video village jr where it was children's versions of the big format 
and they worked back then, like almost 40, 50 years ago, and to see it happen again is kind of remarkable, and I'm glad it's with these two prominent formats, because everyone knows I'm a big fan of American Ninja Warrior, and you know, I do kind of have a little crush on someone on Top Chef, you know who. Also, it uh, looks like uh, Adweek has the article for GSN Upfronts this year. Uh, let me just read the entire article, because you know what? I'm not going to bother giving them my subscription. <clears throat> Some networks continually reinvent themselves in an attempt to keep audiences interested. But over the past year, Game Show Network discovered the best way to maintain and build viewers is to stop trying to reinvent the wheel when it came to programming in the network's own name. So the network, which has ditched the GSN moniker and is once again known as its previous name, heads to this year's upfront agency meetings and is doing so uh, by emphasizing the rate and growth has resulted from its return of fun, simple games. Said John Zaccario, EVP in, of ad sales for GSN slash Game to Network. It's a continuation of the strategy of the network first revealed in last year's Upfront Talks when Franche, EVP Programming and Marketing, joined Game Show Network in late 2017. She hoped to pivot back to traditional game show formats and scheduling. Its series are now stripped across all five weeknights. That's what, when I say stripped, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, by the way. <clears throat> across all five weeknights, just as syndicated game shows are and reflect the method that its audience prefers to watch them. That includes a trio of new game shows introduced in the last year. Caroline and Friends, which is not really a game show. I, I mean, I, it's a contest, so I guess it counts. I guess, sure. America Says, which is a game show, and Common Knowledge, which is a quiz show, all of which the network has renewed. The shows have been introduced in the fringe day part and improved their response, uh, respective time periods between 10 to 15% in total audience and adults 25 to 54 demos before being moved to prime time. They helped spark a ratings resurgence at the network in a total day, blah, 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 blah. It's numbers. The numbers went up. All right. As part of its strategy shift, it's reverting back. Yep, Barry established that. Zacario says, we heard from the core audience that they want more traditional game shows and less of the kinds of things that we were feeding them two or three years ago. It made sense to use that as the brand. Uh, Zacario... Two or three years ago, you still had original formats, though. You had, like, The Chase, you had Idiot Test, you had Chain Reaction, you had uh, Win Sandy, which was kind of a, kind of a flaw because that was kind of just trying to be Idiot Test in the $10,000 cash prize, when the idea is supposed to be just different variety of formats. Look towards, quote-unquote, the GS and Golden Years, my friend. Uh, you know, when Bone took over and it was like Whammy and it was Friend or Foe, Russian Roulette, Cram, all that <clears throat> lingo. Win tuition. Uh, we heard from the core. Okay. Uh, the trio shows became quickly connected with viewers. Quiz show common knowledge. Yes, with Instinct's Joy Fatone. I've heard of that. And John Michael Higgins of America Says. I've heard of that too. And Caroline and Friends, where they picked their funny and cute viral videos. Which I guess is a game show. <clears throat> oh, but, here, but here's where the thing is, is why I, I brought the article up. Um, joining these returning shows for a pair of new series, both of which will also be stripped Monday through Friday. Best ever trivia show pits three contestants against three trivia experts. So we're doing like a comedy version of The Chase, I guess, or or maybe it's just like you pick the expert who knows the answer. Uh, well, Catch-21, which combines the classic card game 21 with pop culture trivia, is a reboot of the show that aired on the de on the network a decade ago, which is good. Catch-21 was actually not that bad of a show. Uh, the end game was kind of weird, but go for it. 
In this upfront, Zakario will seek more brand partnerships for Game Show Network Daily Draw, a short-form sweepstakes in which a $500 winner is announced each night. At this point, why don't you just bring back GSN Radio or Play Mania if you really want to have like a, like a two or three hour block? It was our way to make our viewers feel if they were contestants and because they shoot that frequently, we're able to integrate brands into that environment. Why don't you try and get like an HQ knockoff then, Game Show Network? You know, hey guys, uh, join me at noon uh, Pacific, 3 Eastern for a gsn direct uh, a phone game show where you at home can win something like that would still be interesting you know take the hq format and just uh put it to uh the, the network uh let's see here integrate now we have success here it will be more aggressive this year in addition to its new and returning series game show network is developing several new shows oh so we're gonna see that the, is that is that a bar bike game show going to show up or uh, I don't know. One is called manners with a Z from former Fox late night host, Spike Ferenson, a survey based show about proper behavior in modern social situations. I love our, you normal America. What a fantastic format, a crazy, awkward love game, a blind date type show executive produced by Howie Mandel in which potential suitors, family members are interviewed. So like uh, date my mom or meet my folks. And People Puzzler, inspired by People Magazine's pop culture crossword puzzle. I love crossword puzzles. I can't wait to see yet another version of the crossword puzzle format be turned into game shows. Always a thrill to see in a pilot stage, and then when you see it on, on stage, you're like, wow, that's a big monitor with a crossword puzzle. Interesting. And nothing to really show for that. And it seems like they're doing that just because pop culture. It's easier trivia to do pop culture than, you know, states and, and history. Which leads me to my first review of the night. Uh, over the weekend, I finally got to see Blockbusters, the revival of the UK game show, Blockbusters. Get hyped, everybody. Blockbusters is back. Last time it was revived, it was on Challenge, the UK version of Game Show Network hosted by Simon Mayo. And I will admit that. I really love the all-new Blockbusters with Simon Mayo. That was a pretty good standard reboot of Blockbusters. If you've never seen Blockbusters before, uh, it's 20 random letters of the alphabet, A through Z, uh, and it's shuffled around. Uh, and then it's a team of two versus a solo with the ultimate test is two heads better than one. A letter is called and then a clue is given. For instance, uh, for, for instance, if someone picked S, what S is the company responsible for creating Sonic the Hedgehog and develop the Genesis and the Dreamcast video game consoles? The answer would be Sega. Whoever is the solo just has to get through four blocks up and down, while the duo have a much longer path of five from left to right. Of course, the idea is to block the opponents from getting to their path as well, hence why it's called Blockbusters. In this game, it's the best two out of three to make it to the gold run game, where they have to go from left to right with two letter clues along the way to win a fabulous prize, which is like, you know... A nice cottage visit, or a nice trip to uh, to to Cuba, for instance. Uh, but because of a show that is stripped two out of three 
and held Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and was a strict quiz show, what better network to bring it back than Comedy Central? So because it's Comedy Central, of course it's going to be more laugh-out-loud, hilarious, snarky stuff. This time around, the team of two versus the team of one, I mean, it's still all kids. The idea is supposed to be it's like high school to early college-age kids, and I think they still did a good job of casting that. But unlike classic blockbusters where you get five attempts at the gold run, in this game, it's bookended that there's no returning champions. And like Hip Hop Squares, it favors the comedy aspect over the gameplay. I mean, no shit, it's Comedy Central. But it takes more time now than simply just doing three rounds of blockbusters. Instead of Bob Holness, or instead of Simon Mayo, we get comedian daughter O'Brien. Oh, it's a funny man from Mock the Week and Go Ape It, Dara O'Brien, the smart guy comedian host. And when it actually when it comes to hosting, he's okay at it. He, I mean, it's a quiz show, and, and it's kind of almost his, his thing is, when hosting it is he is very charming. He's very funny. But it seems to me like they kind of created this show just to get the young kids just to make a whole lot of jokes about millennials. Because these are kids who are, you know, can't afford a home. Ha, ha, ha. You know, they're still living with their parents. It's the hee, hee, hee. Oh. It's all snark. I will have to say this right now. It The gameplay is mostly kind of like 8 out of 10 Cats Countdown, where it comes second in favor of joke telling. So it's comedy snarky joke, comedy snarky joke, comedy snarky joke, let me have a funny rib joke, let me make a dig at you, let me have a dig at the prize, and then let's try and keep the game going when we're like running low on time. I, I think the game... It's fine. I've seen Blockbusters before, and I like the format. I think it's a good standard quiz game. They'd be fun, like, a little bit after Countdown, even though it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> or or maybe as a, as a format that is, you know, a perfect a tea time quiz. Something that's, that's perfect as the Jeopardy to another luck-based game, to like Tipping Point. That's what I would have done. Like, 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 pair that up with a Tipping Point. Uh, is kind of do that wheel Jeopardy block for, for British game shows. But it is Blockbusters, and this is a comedy version of that, and it's a very truncated version of that. Because there's no five games and there's no returning champions, uh, there's only two games of Blockbusters that is played. So the first to two wins and goes on to the gold run, and they can win that one prize. In the event of a tie that the duo wins one and the solo wins one, they go into a third round called the Hexagon Standoff. And the Hexagon Standoff, it's one letter, and then they get a very obscure clue, and then they continue with lesser and lesser, more obvious clues until one ends up buzzing in. Whoever buzzes in with the correct answer goes on to the gold run, but if they buzz in and they're incorrect, by default, the opponents go on to the gold run. Yeah, that's how we're going to do blockbusters in in the pivotal uh, third round is a basically a tie-breaking question. Yeah. Uh, Dara Brain is fun. The game show is okay. But what I find puzzling, as it were, is just how snarky the show is. And and look, I understand. We're in a new time, and it's Dara Brain. He's a comedian. This is Comedy Central. 
that you have to get people who are funny and this is a funny show it's a funnier take on blockbusters ha ha i couldn't root for any of these contestants none of them felt like i need to root for them or i give a shit if they win or lose because they came across as assholes i like a lot it's okay to be snarky it's okay to do ribs but it feels to me, at least in the context of this game, that none of the three contestants are are personable. It came across as, and I've, I've, I notice in the game show fandom, there's a lot of snark in the game show fandom. And it's something I really despise. Because if you like game shows, spill your fucking heart. Like, spill out everything you love about these game shows. The people who are snarky have a huge chip on their shoulder and they can't understand why people would be passionate about one thing or another. Look, I get it. Like, you know, some of these people are weird when a buzzer is different or a chair is different or the set dressing is weird. I get that. I understand why you want to be snarky about that. But this comes across as I have no personality at all and I'm such a boring person that I'm going to try and emulate the hosts and contestants of game show panel games to come across as witty and charming. But instead, I come across as an asshole who doesn't lack any empathy for anybody. Because that's what it sounds like with these contestants. It's, you you, you screwed up, you idiot, oh, you dumb-dumb. Oh, I could have figured that out. Look, at this game is easy. I don't even have to buzz in. Ha, ha, ha. It, it's such, a, it, it's, it's like, I guess it's like a busting your balls kind of thing. Like they want to do that New York, busting your balls, man. Just busting your balls. But the contestants on Blockbuster, I just despise. And I can't root for any of these people. And if I can't root for these people, then I just have to play along to the questions. And the questions are okay. You know, it's things like twerking as an answer. Or Cyrus, because Miley Cyrus. And then sometimes a history question or a geography question. And that's fine, too. But it, it feels like a, like a game show marathon version of it. I mean that in the sense of if Daro Brand brought that game show marathon, that, that Anton Dex game show marathon, and got some funny comedians to play the game shows, he'd be an excellent fit because of his hosting ability on Blockbusters. This feels like I'm watching a one-off special of Blockbusters with Dara O'Brien. This doesn't feel like I'm watching Blockbusters proper, which does hurt me in a way because I love Blockbusters. I think it's a great format. And it was one that when I was in college watching the Simon Mayo version, it was one I really wanted to keep watching. Because when that came out, it's like, oh, man, I want to see what this one is. I want to see what that one is. Oh, will that person get the three streak? Will that person get a four streak or a five streak? Oh, is it the solo person? This one's really, like, on a roll so far. I don't get that with this version. That's because you're limited to about uh, 40 questions plus the gold run. 41. I mean, Dara is a good presenter. Don't get me wrong. The thing I love the most about this version of Blockbusters is basically the theme song because it's synthy and fun. It's also this great set. It's very beautiful. There's a lot of hexagons. There's the LED wall with a hexagon motif. There's hexagon lighting kits. Like, they can get as much, like, hexagons as possible for this thing without making it look like a beehive. It was that beautiful. Uh, but it's okay, I guess. Uh, 
the one thing I love is if the solo wins, the set turns white because the solo player is is on a white team. And if the pair wins, they're a blue team, and the set lights up blue. So when they hear the blockbusters, it's like that's blockbusters. Do 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 do. And you see all the set, the flashlights, the audience applause. There's something fun about that. There's something game showy about that that, that makes me go, yes, this is the blockbusters that I know and love, and I like this. This is Dar being excited. This is a good game. But then you go back to the gameplay, and it's just, oh, you got that wrong, you silly, silly man, and blah, 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 jokey, joke, joke, and we're stretching it out for now another one to two minutes. It feels long, because we have to take a break so Dara can do a fun riff like it's Hollywood Squares, or we have to have the contestants egg each other on, because I guess that counts as a personality these days? I don't understand. One thing that's different from this version of Blockbusters than the old version of Blockbusters, besides the fact that it's now just two games, because it's still the rule of two out of three wins, and the tiebreaker counts as the third game, uh, is that the gold run now has a category selection. So you get to choose between two, and instead of the golds being on there, it's now white. So if you're one of those meticulous people who are like into details, the gold run isn't necessarily a gold run. Now it's like a... You pick the white hexagon, and then it turns gold, and you have to get from left to right. Uh, there's this great background dramatic music playing in there that I can also get behind. But there's a couple of things that I can't get behind here. One of which, the, the can I have a pee, please? I mean, I get it. It's an iconic part of the show, and I think they could always continue with that. But it seems to me like... They want to get rid of can I have a pee please as much as possible because that's an old version and this is the new blockbusters. Second of all, I think the uh, there the a big problem is one of the most iconic things on blockbusters is if they fail a gold run, there is this nice synth guitar like noise. And it's so infectious, it was kind of like the British game show version of the Price is Right losing horns. Like, well, we would do that bump, 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 I'm sure in the British public that would be their equivalent of like their own fail horn, if it were. And that's not in this. They don't have that. It's just an oh noise, like, like, a, like, a, like a little urn. oh, time's up. And, and it, 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 that's a little disappointing. Addition to no synth music, because that is that to me, that is that is a criminal offense for this show. Is they don't end with the audience doing the fucking hand jive. This is blockbusters. It's such a fun show to see when it's like at the end credits of the game. Dara waves goodbye, and we just see like the contestants like slap on the lap, clap their hands. Uh, hot potato, hot potato, hand shuffle, hand shuffle, uh, finger in the air, swirl, finger in the air, swirl. Repeat ad nauseum until the world ends. We don't get that. And that's also criminal. We don't get the hand jives from the audience. We don't get the synth wave. And we don't even get a third run of blockbusters. What gives? What gives Comedy Central? 
you're giving me 20 pounds per per hexagon instead of five. Okay, well, four times the amount. I guess we have a budget on this, but we can't spring the budget to have one extra game? <laughs> Come on. It just feels like I'm watching hip hop squares or what's probably gonna be Nashville squares where it's the comedy is more focused on the actual gameplay. And I mean, like that's okay if you don't really give a shit about the game. But to me, when it comes to something like blockbusters, if you're doing a reboot, Make it about the game. If you're going to do a Daro bringing comedy version of Blockbusters, make that like a one-off special. Make that the celebrity edition of Blockbusters. This just doesn't feel like Blockbusters in the way I was expecting it to be. And I kind of lost a bit of interest. I'm not really going to be excited to watch this, the next episode or the next episode because I feel like it's just going to be the same like five jokes about... Haha, ha, millennials are never going to amount to anything because the economy sucks. And haha, ha, you won a crummy prize. And haha, uh, ha, you don't know the thing. Well, two contestants are like snapping at each other because they're dumb or something. It's, it's just horrendous. And I think it could have been better. The way I would have done it was simply just just scrap the two out of three then. Just do one game of Blockbusters wins you the gold run. So you can do two games of the gold run and two games of Blockbusters. So then you have a chance that the solo can win one and have a chance that the duo can win one. So everybody wins. Ha ha ha. Or have it so it's like, you know, the, the first game's for a mini prize and the second one's for a bigger prize. Something. But instead we have to do the hexagon uh standoff complete with mariachi music because you guys know mexican standoffs right i i'm a little disappointed in blockbusters i think it was meh there's a lot of great things about the show but i don't think comedy central was the right fit and i don't think Dara Burian should have been the mainline host but then again this is a weekly series not a strip format so you know, if they're going to do primetime, I guess this is one way to do it. It's just not my cup of tea, as it were. Uh, my final rating with this is B minus. Uh, B minus. Nickelodeon, the first network for kids. Originally called Pinwheel, it was home to so many television shows made for children. On October 6, 1986, a game show debuted that was based off True for Dare, or True for Consequences. It was called Double Dare. With Double Dare's success of aspirational stunts and silly games, they tried their hands on another game show, featuring something equally aspirational, tearing up a house. Only instead of flags to find, it was objects. With riddles in every room, teams would have a few seconds to find the object. If they find it, 
they get to keep some serious cash and prizes. That's why it's called Finders Keepers. But because Double Dare got revived and the season two is now on the air, is it time for Finders Keepers to follow in their footsteps? There's only one way to find out, and that's by bringing out our guest. So let's turn the table. With me on the line is the host of Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth, my munch friend, Reese. Munch and hello, Jordan. You're the you're the first returning champion of of game shows, I suppose. You're the first returning guest. I thought I had scared everybody off. No, uh, the Genius episode, I thought, was honestly, like, I, I was a little nervous at the time because it was such a complicated show. Uh, but uh, I, I had such a great time. Like, I we were so hype over that episode that uh, I wanted to come back with something maybe a little, uh, a little goofier, much easier to process. When we recorded that. So thank that. you for uh, having me. When we recorded that episode, you were like throwing out names of like, well, game show. I mean, I've watched a lot of game shows. What was that one game show? I didn't know that game show. And you, and it was tonight's topic. It is Finders Keepers. Uh, yeah, a classic Nickelodeon television. Probably, you know, I don't know uh, how famous it was at the time. It seems like it was kind of like a B kids game show, but it's the one that is closest to my heart um that and you know double dare of course the 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 marquee classic but i loved it just because it was it was messy and you wrecked stuff um it's very punk rock it was a please throw the kit the cushions on the sofa on the floor who cares yep exactly and as a kid you know that's that's what you want to see it's just like that kind of like dynamic fun stuff um and it 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 was interesting kind of going back to it and kind of seeing it with uh with adult eyes you know when seeing all of the uh, the, the the seams showing through but at the time it was just like it was it, it was you have to wait patiently for the picture find part and then you know you got to the mayhem it's great so for the sake of clarity here for this episode we only we're supposed to watch just one episode because that's the rule here. I watch an episode with a guest and then we talk about it. It was the worst fucking episode of Finders Keepers. Like I can't stress it. It was a Larry Toffler episode, um, and the contestants were boring. The clues were tough. Finding the items were boring. It was just thirty seconds of the kids just looking around very daintily, not finding anything. That we had to do it audible and look for a Wesley Year episode. And then we watched a UK episode of Finders Keepers just for the fun of it. So we're going to go straight into the rules of the game. Just so if you've never seen Finders Keepers before, it's two teams of two kids. It's a kids game show on Nickelodeon. A uh, boy girl, typically. And it and it's played through a fictional house. like like Almost like Hollywood Squares-esque. It's a two-story, four-by-two four by house. And there are eight different rooms, and it's your stereo—it's your stereotypical uh, rooms you'd find in a house. So there's a bedroom, there's an attic, there's a kitchen, there's a living room, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, like every other room, there's like a jungle, there's a there's a Frankenstein, <laughs> Frankenstein's monster, there's a understudy, there's they, a swamp. We didn't see it. We didn't see it in the episodes that we watched, but I remember there being an Egypt set that was very popular in. Uh... During yes. the, which uh, which I always enjoyed, and, and is, it it sorry go on. 
And this is how it, and it, it's such a fascinating uh, game. Basically, it's played in four rooms. We'll say four acts. In act one, it's picture round one. Correct, and you basically see like a picture like image and there is clues. If you buzz in and you either circle it if it's Wesley Ewer's episodes or stick some fruit roll up, I think it's color form, but I'm going to say fruit roll up mm-hmm. onto the onto a wall and you get the right picture, you know, like one of those picture things that you would see in a kid's menu because it's a kid's game show. Yeah. You would get $25. If you're wrong, your opponents can try and get it for 25 bucks. And not only do you get 25 bucks, you get the right to search a room. And then in the room romp, which is round two, they go into their respective rooms. So it's like, here's two kids, the host, and we're inside a kitchen. Oh, boy, kitchens. And then you get some riddle, like like almost like a quasi-bad riddle. Like, uh, the pitcher tried to catch this, but it drove him batty. Find it. <laughs> and you're supposed to find a baseball in, in the kitchen. Uh, if you find it within the 30-second allotted time, you get $50. But if you fail, your opponents get the $50. And we go through each of the four rooms, sometimes with the teams, other times back and forth. Who cares? It's really just a room-to-room <laughs> romp. Then we go into round three, where it's another picture search in another four rooms for $75 apiece. But this time around, they get to choose the rooms. That's because in the final fourth room... All the rooms are worth $100 a piece. And one of those four rooms is the mystery prize room, the secret prize, where if they can find the item in that respective room, they will win a prize. In the episodes we've seen, it was a trip to space camp and a trip to Walt Disney World. In uh, the American versions, it was always, that, if I recall correctly, it was always a vacation. Usually to Disney World, Um uh, is is what my memory uh, tells me. Um, although I think Space Camp is kind of like in that same wheelhouse. You go somewhere to the southeast where it's humid and uh, spend a week at the Howard Johnson. In the Howard Johnson, which is a proud sponsor of Finders Keepers. Uh, so, so and, and like that usually is like a grand prize on, on a, a children's game show, the trip to Space Camp. Or this is the this is like the bonus prize this is like this is the prize that's yeah. like you could lose the damn show and still win a trip to space camp and it's like wow all the other stuff doesn't matter that much on the american game show you still won cash yeah so you could walk away with a couple hundred bucks not bad if you're a kid um but other than that you know at the well the the end is the big room to uh, room eight, uh, romp yeah, the big search, and I think each room gets you uh, gets you a prize. That's like a, mic- a microscope. Yeah, yeah, six prizes, six prizes, and it's and I just want to remind we saw two versions because Tofflers was bad. The prizes on Tofflers, <laughs> I don't know what they were going for. I think it was syndication, but it was like here's some hair hair product, like a blow dryer, and here's a, a label maker. <laughs> <laughs> like real, <laughs> here's the honestly... software, like not even like a Commodore sixty four, which was around at the time, but like here's something for for typing. <laughs> like, Can you imagine getting a word processor as a, like an eleven year old after you go to the game show? I would be 
you know, I'm sure that like today, you know, there's there's the nerdy aspect. Where you're like, oh, that'd be fun. Um, I grew up back then. No kid would have been excited for a word <laughs> no, processor. <laughs> they would have been they would have been happier with the sweatshirt. <laughs> they would have been like, just, uh, can I just get like the home game and be good? <laughs> like, because at least like you know, you like say here it's a Friday. You're hanging with your friends after school. What are you going to do? You're going to be like, let's all gather around and play the Finders Keepers home game? Like, sure, okay, I can see that as reasonable. I cannot see any 7, 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old go, let's all gather around my house and let's do some word processing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, let's all do our homework. Yay, I wrote an essay. On computers. <laughs> Dork, you're going to put in a locker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, whoever... Uh, I, I have I can't back this up with any sources, but I'm 100% certain that every kid who won the word processor uh, had the crap beat out of him, and uh, that's why they don't give it away in the UK version. It's like why couldn't you have been on like Nick Arcade? At least you wouldn't have won like a mountain bike. But this is this is that was later on. This is Finders Keepers. At the time, it was Nickelodeon. They had Double there. Uh, and and it was still filmed in Philadelphia where Double Dare was filmed, so there was a bit of a sibling rivalry because they were both on Nickelodeon at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, at the, so some one time as a joke on Double Dare, they gave away a Finder's Keeper shirt. <laughs> Just to be a jerk. That's fun, though. They're, 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 they've kind of got... I mean, Double Dare, it's tough to argue it being kind of like the king of... Uh, you know, destruction, just uh, kind of kids game show television, just because yeah. you got so messy. That's um, a messy game show. But, that was, to compare the two, Double Dare is you answer trivia. If you don't know, you do the physical challenge, and it's kind of like throw the ice cream ball into the cone. Uh, mm -hmm. On Finders Keepers, there is no real quote-unquote mess with gack and, and slime and stuff, but it is like a childhood's dream of like, let's just tear this, this fucking room up. Let's throw yeah, just go into mom and dad's bedroom. And honestly, what what's wonderful about it is that the best way to play is to just embrace your inner Hulk and just tear apart that room, just like scanning for the ice cream scoop or whatever they've yes. told you to find. Um, and the kids that didn't do well are the ones who are like, I'm going to pick up the pot and look under the pot and put the pot down. No, you're supposed to throw that, that vase onto the floor and smash it because then you will see it's in the vase. Exactly. And the host will get upset with you if you don't. Uh, even in the worst did. version of Finder's Keepers. The thing is, all of them got, did. Um, <laughs> One form yeah. or another. <laughs> So like in 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 Toffler's version, he's just kind of like, oh, sorry. Well, if you just would have looked into the coat pocket here, you would have seen that this is where it was. Yours is kind of like egging them on, like you know, it's safe in here. You don't have to like be gentle. You can throw this. Toffler was, which I believe that's the syndicated. Yeah, that was Finders syndicated. Keepers. That was the one that was going to be paired with like cartoons or documentary shows or. It was really the lowest effort ones, and because Toffler's was so funny, too, because they have that, like, opening talk to the kids, and really, you know, like, they're kids, what are they going to say? But he would just go up to them and he's like, I hear you like to play softball. Yes. Are you good at softball? Yes. All right! The softball No, no, no that's putting way too much enthusiasm into Toffler's hosting skills. It's, it's true. It's more like, <laughs> says here you're an all-star athlete. Yeah, I play basketball. 
Oh, oh, wow, that's that's impressive. Okay, well, it looks like we have, and and you like to watch sports. What's your favorite sport to watch? Basketball. Okay, yep, basketball it is. Okay, now we're going to be looking for the kitchen. So, and in the Wesley version, they they had the kids tell like a funny story. And One kid so McKin- had a funny it face. So it was so much better because it was, they understood it was four kids. It was they're trying to make them feel comfortable, and it's. You know, it's not Jeopardy. You're not doing the getting to know you section of Jeopardy. You know you're you're, you're oh, trying to just put these kids at ease. I saw this guy. And it was real fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, thank you for... Pl- no, and Wesley, you're... It's like, so tell me about the time you were all wet. Yeah, I went to a water park. <laughs> my parents all had ponchos except for me. And then we went on the ride and I got wet. It's like, <laughs> and it's and it's and you know it's so charming because that I I think that was the kid with the mullet. Wesley version also yes. had amazing <laughs> haircuts. By and far all of them the were best like, haircuts. You were rooting for all four of them. Like you didn't care who won. <laughs> You're like everyone is just talking about these horror stories about how they like they had to like basically ditch their parents to go to their mm-hmm. friend's house. Or, or uh, there was one, and then there was like the only one that was sport. And when he said you're an athlete, he asked the right question: What position <laughs> do you play? Like, exactly. Like he's trying to be interested. In like, yeah, this kid's going to be an athlete one day. We're rooting for him. You need some athleticism. The other notable, the other notable thing about Wesley is that he is the exact same size as the children. He is. A- a tiny tiny man um and i don't know that that i found to be extremely charming is is just this like a short dude he is because Mm -hmm. like that was lane of the lost he wasn't lane of the lost he was will marshall so so, oh yeah i think they had reruns of lane of the lost on nickelodeon at the time so it was kind of like okay so it's kind of cool to have that kind of celebrity on the show you know, the guy who got chased by dinosaurs. Let's have him go to the house hunting show. Absolutely. And all all three of them, uh, they I've never seen. Uh, maybe if I go back and watch Double Dare or something like that. But it's just such a hurried pace because I'm sure they had to do a bunch of them during a during In the a final day. round, but, whoever had the most points, because it was out of $1,000, mm-hmm. goes on to the room to room romp where it's six rooms. In some seasons, the kids would say what the rooms were. In others, uh, it was almost like a double dare obstacle course kind of thing, where it's you gotta find one item to get to the next room, which will tell you on on the object, which will tell you to get to the next object, almost like supermarket sweep in a way too. Yeah. And well, that, be- that's what you were looking for the whole time that all three of them that we watched. You wanted the bathroom, bathroom, bathroom but, but I remember kitchen, that. Kitchen, attic, cake but shop, we never got that toy roadmap. store. Because, you know, homes, they have toy stores and cake shops. It's weird to me that there's, uh, maybe it, I shouldn't be weirded out by this, it's probably normal, but that there were so many uh, different variants, and it didn't even seem to be on that long. They just, like, kept retooling it um, throughout its, like, sh- very short run. Yeah, it's, um, and I would say, Wesley, you're was enthusiastic probably on mm-hmm. some sort of of uh <laughs> speed some cocaine time, like some sort of <laughs> adrenaline thing because he was because well Toffler was just like well you put the you put the softball on the thing so you will get to this you're just like yeah you just gotta go in there you got 50 dollars <laughs> like he was like a precursor to like guy fietti almost yeah 100 percent. and those um 
And those were the hardest ones too, where they had like the closet with all the, and they hid like one of the things and just like the the fur coat pocket. Yes. Uh, they f- hid the hacky sack and the uh, mouth of the fish, and it's just like in thirty seconds, these are such difficult places for kids to get to, um, especially when they're still getting used to it. Um, and you know, we love it because it's so fun watching these kids get owned rather than just the really easy answers and Toffler's thing. But even in, even the easy answers, the kids couldn't get because they were not, they didn't have that Hulk energy. That was the other problem is that they didn't have the, they weren't pushing the kids hard enough, uh, to, to go crazy. (laughs) They go through. So then after we watched year, we watched, uh, we watched Toffler and we're like, okay, this is good. I had to explain that while it only lasted like a few years on Nickelodeon, which I believe was 88, 89, like it was like it's 87, 89. So it only was like three mm-hmm. years. The UK edition lasted way, way longer. I'm going to pull it up. Uh, 81, 91, let's see. Started in 1991 to 1996. And then they revived Not it bad. in 2006. Like there was a version wow. in 2006. That's crazy to think of. I'm going to try to find an episode of that because the UK show by far was the best. I was honestly surprised. Um, like we, you put it on, and I think we were just gonna as just like an example of the the differences. Like, and we just got sucked in it because really, it, I, it it cult and the cultural phenomenon. Like, I was thinking this is like a, and I was thinking, okay, this is one of those Saturday morning shows that they have. Like, you know, like after this new Pokemon, please watch Find Us Keepers, and it's. Because because that's how they do it in Saturday morning. It's there's the host and there's like a puppet, and it's always like a misadventure. And it's like, oh, looks like Scatterpuss is smearing pudding and custard all over the place. How will I clean this up? Well, I clean this up. You watch a new Finders Keepers. <laughs> but instead, um, it, being Saturday, I... it was apparently just like a, like a Monday through Friday show, like something. And yeah. It, and it was an, an, and apparently in this episode they had the audience make cakes because that was the themed room of the week was it was a baked good room unlike in the US edition uh it's 25 points and in, in the in the earn the room called find and keep and unlike in the US version where it's a picture hunt it, there's eight possible squares and they all have different answers associated but you don't know which has what so when you're asked a trivia question, instead of saying the correct answer, you have to find the number that has the answer. And these are all people in the ones we've seen. So it was kind of like, you know, who is the current prime minister? Oh, it's Spider-Man. No. <laughs> oh, um, pet- that was that was so much better than the hidden picture hunt. Because let's be real. The hidden picture hunt is sucks in finders keepers you're just getting through it uh it's it's so unengaging just to have these kids circle something or just like run up with their fruit roll up and then not know where to put it on the uh on the thing but this it had like funny answers to everything it's like there was no buzzing in exactly it was uh because i think what happened was wesley year's edition was telestrator and you would circle the thing, but I think reason they changed it is because a it's boring to draw a circle, and two you could cheat. You can draw like more a bigger circle and then say the answer. Like what's stopping you from just the, circling those, the entire picture and then saying duck? They drew massive circles. They were just like there, just like a uh, football. Yeah, and they okay, were trying sure. to cheat in uh in 
in yeah. the fruit roll-up version yeah, too Toffler's because because <laughs> <laughs> they would just the red team would always just immediately buzz the second he heard any kind of noun and then just grab something at random and then just like hope it was sandwich topping baloney <laughs> And, he, and he's just like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that one where you just put a, you put the picture on the button, and he's like, oh, that's, I'm pretty sure that's a salami. <laughs> and even Toffler was like, no, that's a button. Pretty sure that's a button. And it's kid. like, well, it's a circle, and then like a couple of circles in it. So it's like, I could see where you would go with that, but no, <laughs> sorry. I, I think it, it is a little cruel to make those kids buzz in. On the Wesley version, um, blue, I think. Well, one of the teams was just getting crushed, and he's like, "Why don't you test out that buzzer there to make sure it works?" All right, it works. You just suck at this. <laughs> right. And then they, immediately afterwards, they got it. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. that's some encouragement. Good job, Wesley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in the Find and Keep UK version, where it's just like funny trivia answers, where it's just like you know who is like what superhero uh, lives in Gotham City. Margaret Thatcher? No. Oh, she's no superhero kid. <laughs> and it was like some and it's like, just like the, and it was like some cartoons that I've never heard. Of. Yeah, most of the answers I have no, I had no idea what. Like Postman Pat. Know, like I vaguely rem- heard of that, but I've never seen. Yeah, I don't know who Postman Pat is. They were all. It, it all seemed like '90s British TV references. And like, and then Michael Jackson and Spider Man. Yeah, and the second uh, round it was all who sung, and then he sang "I'm Too Sexy for My Shirt." Two kids. Oh, that was weird. Yeah, uh, that <laughs> that was weird. I didn't like that. But I do. Um, I will still say it though. I think uh, Neil Buchanan—that's his name. He was a really good host because he kind of knew how to work the crowd. He knew it was children. What do children want to see? They they want to well, see. Well, I I. I it, it was a lot better as a whole as a kid show. First off, it had the kids in the audience, and it would cut to the kids. And they had that opening where he's just like, are you ready to make a mess? Yeah! Yay! Are you ready to help me clean it up? No! no! It's like, it's very charming. Um, you know, and it's, it, if I, I, if I was a kid, I would have been so into that. You know, that, was, that. When they were going from one room to another, and he had to stop by, and it was the bathroom room. He just took like a mm-hmm. two second pause to just pretend to like sit on the toilet, you know, to emulate, you know, <laughs> poo poo. Cause that's funny. Kids love poo poo jokes and, and pee pee. It's, or then getting his foot stuck well, in the toilet. Like things like that. It was like charming enough that's like, oh, that's silly and fun. Well, it, it, it fundamentally understood what kids, uh, most kids want out of stuff like this, which is to see other kids doing things. And I feel like. Um, the other finders keepers didn't really understand that. Like when the finders keepers were making jokes about, oh, what's the dumbest form of life on earth? The stagehand, you know, like, ha ha, that's a pretty that's lame joke. Grown ups in the room, exactly. Um, but it in the other one, like all, it was all kid focused. You know, you it saw the whole really... audience was kids. Um, they it was the host interplay was kind of like about getting to know the kids, like when. The UK version, when he would, in, in there was part, like this thing where they had to throw custard pies yes, at each other. Yeah, so in other the Joker, instead of the secret prize. prize room, it's called the Joker. It's the Jerry's Joker, yeah. Jeremy's Joker, where to win a prize, you have to not only find the item, but then do a physical activity. And in this room, because it was cake, was you had to pie your, your, your partner in the face while looking for a pie every 10 seconds. And when they couldn't and, find uh, the prize and they had leftover 
like on the table one of the contestants mm. and this is improv this is why i like the show you can't like write this out took the pie and tried to pie the host in the face <laughs> and the and the host's response was i <laughs> i hope you don't win a i'm glad you didn't win a prize <laughs> like this is savage <laughs> And then, it's fun. And it's and like it's a little came back to her, like in the next room. He gets the pie and just smashes it in her. And he would like, and he would like bop him on the head and stuff. Um, but it worked because he he had like it felt like he had a personal rapport with the kids. What what really helped is what I thought was interesting in the UK version was that the host would help. Oh yes, the kids. he was He'd like warmer, warmer, colder, colder. And no. I, no, it's right there. It's a little hot. You're a little hotter. Neil was great. And then in their and, version of their room to room romp, instead of six in, I think, 90 seconds, it is all eight mm-hmm. rooms in three minutes. And yeah, instead which of eight I prizes, think is, it's just the prizes get better as you go on, like a prize tree. And yeah. I think that's a much better thematic uh, idea for the show is to have, you know, you go, you go and wreck the whole house. The. Toffer episode sucked so bad in the ending because they didn't even have to look through the rooms for anything. Tags. It would be like With vividly yellow bright tag, yellow tags, tags right in the shower curtain, from, right here. Exactly. You didn't have to. Version, go through there was like a nice pun. Like there's like a little thing in the fish tank, and it's the only place you can dip in the kitchen. Get you know where to dip. You know where to dip is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all he do. Um, like, he cannot really help the contestants out, so he just keeps saying like the clue over and over again. Like on Toffler's just mm-hmm. you can find it. Go and find it. I'm sure you can find it. I'm sure you can find it. Yuri's Where do you see it? Do you see it at home, kids? Kids, where would you find it? You know we're looking for? Where would you put it? Where do you think this is? Where would you put the fuzzy dice? Where would the fuzzy dice go? Where would you put it? Do you see it at home? Where's the fuzzy <laughs> dice? Yeah. And then on the UK version, Neil would just go like, I don't know about you, but if I was to hide a rocket ship, I'd hide it in a bed, maybe, maybe under the bed, specifically under the bottom bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he was like, yeah, almost and- telling them where the answer is. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it was- could be anywhere. <laughs> it seemed like the, the prizes were... A lot lower stakes. There were no like trips or anything. The big prize was the they they won the bike. Yes. Um, which is which is not bad. Um, but like the the consolation prize was the sweatshirt and the the fanny pack or whatever. Which yes, is so it's like they go on fanny packs, a frisbee, a jacket, a sweater. I don't think they won a board game, but I'm sure if there was a board game in habitation, they probably won that too. Yeah, yeah. And it's just and, <laughs> it was really good. What what. Uh, what you're, uh, what we have to mention too about the UK version, it was so much better. The, the, the set was so much more complete. It had all these lights and stuff that was really dramatic. They actually had, um, like all, like graphics and sh- stuff showing, uh, like talking about the different rooms and the kids' names and stuff like that rather than just having the numbers plastered beneath them but the best part about the uk version was that they would help the kids along in destroying them like one of the ones they went into the kitchen and immediately when it started the the paper towel roll just blasted all the paper towels automatically just right off just starting the mess that was such a cool effect like how did they 
And I mean, like, it's blasting them with confetti, just shooting silly string everywhere. The pictures would spin. You would touch the shelves, and the shelves would just collapse. Like completely, like, it was collapse. such Not a even great. Like a, I mean, in the in the other versions of Nickelodeon, I mean, there's still like some confetti, or it's raining ping pong balls, and there's still a bit of chaos. But they kind of amplified that by like a dozen, because I know what the kids want to see. They just want to see all that confetti mm-hmm. just fly everywhere. Exactly, because that's that's the fantasy as as the kid. You watch it and, you know, oh, it sucks to clean your room, bucko, but in the Finder's Keeper's house, you can destroy mom and dad's bedroom. They found a television. Um, One of the items they had to find was a television. <laughs> and they found the safest plastic television they could find. It, it definitely... Uh, it definitely was the safest TV I've ever seen. <laughs> and then when they did the room to room romp, which was like, it was a kid's room. So it was like a computer, a rolling chair, a bed, like almost like something that you see a normal teenager have. And it was like, and you know, race cars on the floor. Cause you know, you have to do a, like a kid, like a teenage kid. So sports and a race car. Mm-hmm. And it was completely a mess. Like the computer flew. There was confetti all over the place and silly string. They went the next room over and then right when they were about to start the room to romp, they had to start at that room again, and everything was reset. And I was really, really impressed with the amount of reset it took, because when we saw it last, it was obliterated. Like, everything was on the floor, <laughs> Every, the shelves are down, everything's knocked out. Do you have to applaud whoever's the production team and whoever's, like, the set designer for coming up a way to do a fast reset and then keep everything where they were? Yeah, can you imagine you're just like, okay, you, we have uh, two and a half minutes to turn this. Because <laughs> one of them was like a bakery, and there was like all these, like there was custard and everything. Uh, yeah, stuff everywhere. all that custard before putting in more custard pies. I mean, it, it was like the, it was for TV in a way that was, it was smart. Like you could still see like some silly string, but the broad strokes were there to make it seem like it had restre- reset. And it didn't and, matter uh, it, if there was, like, a couple of old silly string there because, hey, we're going to dump some silly string in, like, three seconds. So it didn't really. And- I mean, the whole show moves so quickly, too, is that uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I'm sure Double Dare must have been like this, too. But it, they were pushing the kids so fast through everything. And it worked in the UK version because it was kind of, like, on-the-go improv with the kids. But in the U.S. version, it was just like, come on, kids, we're going to the bathroom. Hey, kids, let's and go to like, mom's just, attic. Run up the stairs. Okay, for 75 bucks, remember, if you don't get this right, your other team gets $75. And it's just oh, like, man. You know, on, on this version, they were just kind of just like, instead of just let's cheer on the contestants as they run up the stairs, just cut to the audience just having fun as we go up the stairs. And they had, like, the Dutch angle. Like, it was very nice. Yeah, 100%. And it was colorful, and it was just, it was bright. And I think it ran, like, 22 minutes. Like, if I'm not mistaken, like, almost 20, maybe 24 minutes. But it didn't matter. Like, it it, ran pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, they, they had, they squeezed a lot in there. They destroyed the house three times in the, or two times total uh, through in that 22 minutes, and then they, reset during the uh find a picture or find and keep segments and it's it's the kind of thing it's interesting to revisit compared to the genius because it's not the kind of game show that i would just like sit down and watch as uh, as an adult 
but it it's one it's a really great thing for kids and to to like engage with them of and course like, we didn't I, get I, mesmerized by the uk version so i don't know well i mean i mean that was right you had to applaud the the high quality effort from the host there he was trying his damnedest to entertain all those kids and that's, um, like, except, uh, and that's really tough for a kid's game show. Like, really tough to grab the attention and to just keep people watching the uh, same thing. And, and there's a bit of a and then there's like a bit of the show itself where the design is a home. And, and in the U.S. version, it's the enter the, the, bla, the, the blue door facade to get into mm-hmm. the house. Well, uh, in the UK version, they just kind of say, look, we know it, it, that's a facade, but look with the swirly staircase and look at this cool, like, garage looking thing. So just enter through the garage and let's have a fun time. Yeah, and 100%. It's and, and it's, it's like, because and there's a bit of storytelling there. It is really like just, it's almost like every, it's an aspirational game show. Every kid wants to, like, just throw everything in a room at one point. And there's storytelling here of find the object. It, almost like a precursor to those I Spy books that that would like later show up in the nineties. I uh, I, I mean it's one hundred percent the case. I got the Finders Keepers Home Edition. Wait, what? And I, <laughs> that is what started. I, I, I forgot. Yeah, exactly. But I at the time, you're right. At the time, you I, I was I told you uh, I was disappointed by it, and you said no, it's awesome. And you're right. At the time, though, I was disappointed because I wanted a little mini house set. And uh, to to take apart because I was all about big play sets. I had the Ghostbusters play set, and I had the Technodrome. Um, and uh, I, I wanted a Finder's Keepers house because I was an insufferable fucking nerd. Um, but what what the home game was is that you had a bunch of like boxes, like cardboard boxes, and you'd have like they'd have like tokens and stuff for you to find, and it, You'd put in, you know, change and rubber bands and all, the, you know, the crap from your drawer. And you're supposed to dig through there and find it in 30 seconds. Um, so it's a little mini version of that to, to kind of do it, which I think is an, an interesting translation of the whole formula. <laughs> Finders keepers. The Energizer Bunny needs this to recharge. Find it. What are we looking for? Can you figure it out? Uh, uh, bunny ears. Are you talking about bunny ears? No, no, just what? Just think it's a starts with a B. <laughs> like, we could put bunny ears the, uh, inside a cardboard box. <laughs> the, um, you're right, though. Uh, I, sorry for the home game digression. Of that, the UK show's uh, success was having that the whole package in terms of rather than getting literal with the set and having you walk through the door or whatever, having it just like, Oh, we're all here. We're all like a family, you know, it's for, even if it's only for a half hour, it's they, we, we do the broad strokes to make this rapport. You know, we go back and forth. So custard pies at each other and it works so much better because it's about the kids. And they gave away some great, uh, they gave a cool mountain bike too. Like that was like was not to get real about the cheaper budget. Like they still gave away a really cool mountain bike. Outside of the uh, Toys R Us gift card, that was probably the best prize. I mean, we did Disney see World the KB <laughs> toys, and it was creeping me out because it was like child people dressed up like a like a Nutcracker. Yeah, and they were like packaging and making the toys. Yeah, yeah, it was terrifying. It was. It was- 
it was child labor like these these little toy soldiers so it's like i don't know if it's a child soldier story or child labor but either way that's messed up yeah i mean i uh, that that was pretty messed up um that and the the guy and the right said fred song i'm sorry i don't want to see british uh tv presenters talking about anything sexy with children um I think that's it's a little too close to <laughs> to some darkness. So we did we do have fun with it, and I, I'll say it, I think the show did hold up. I would recommend probably watching a Wesley Yur episode over a Toffler fruit roll up episode, or especially the UK edition. I think the UK is definitely like if I had to rank it number one, but they actually have done a much better version than we did over here. Absolutely, um, I think the West Wesley is the best American version, and I, I think. You watch that for, I think, the classic Finders Keepers experience here. Um, Toffler was, since he was syndicated, I, don't, I, I remember watching them, but I didn't want, they weren't nearly as uh They could easily have done common. like some sort of back-to-back, because it was syndication. So you could have gone into Finders Keepers and then like a fun house to pair it up with. Oh man, that's probably what I watched with Finders Keepers. I remember Fun House. Um, I was Roth. thinking about, I was thinking about proposing Fun House, uh... But then I watched a little bit of it, and it's just like Finders Keepers is clearly the superior. I so. mean, Finders. I mean, Funhouse is a cool because it's, if it's the precursor to Legends Hidden Temple, so if you watch that, you understand mm-hmm. Legends more. But this was Legends before Legends of Hidden Temple. Like a lot of people go, Legends of Hidden Temple, man, that's the game show. It's well, why did you like that? Was it the storytelling? Was it the Olmec? Or was it just people running in rooms doing stuff? Because let me tell you, here's a game show where there's kids basically breaking vases and smashing guitars just to find like a pencil just like a single pencil yeah throwing uh you know throwing pies it's it it rules and especially the uk version they really amplified that because the worst thing that can happen is in the show and it's like i understand you know you have to feel for them but when a kid's timid and he starts to choke and he doesn't can't tear through it like like he needs to for my entertainment he's telling uh, you dude. <laughs> like, i mean the host is, the host is screaming but I, I feel like the room just breaking around you kind of just puts you in the mood to just like keep wrecking things <laughs> so i that is that i think is the most successful thing and uh, now we move on to the most important question of them all should this show be revived? If so, how? I don't know. Uh, my question to you as the master of game shows is just like, what? what is the current state of kids' game shows? Is that even still a thing? Okay, so kids' game shows. That's a really good question. Uh, okay, so Double Dare is getting a season two order. I think they're recording, the, they finished recording their episodes at the time of this recording. Okay. And they're going to probably air them this summer. Uh, that's the only Nickelodeon game show except for maybe Paradise Run. That, that is there. Uh, other than that, it's all on Discovery Family. So that's like American Ninja Warrior Jr. Or okay. Top Chef Jr. Or or uh, there's The Noise. And there was, uh, what was it called? Uh, Beat the Clock. They did a revival Beat the Clock. So it's like for kids but it seems shows, like... they're kind of not really on modern television, shall we say. They're kind of more on Nickelodeon YouTube. Like there was a show called Drop That Seat, which is musical chairs, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Like that, but it's only like twelve minutes long. So, but with stuff like Double Dare and uh, 
and kind of like Ninja Warrior Jr. and stuff like that. That seems to be having the goal seems to have this like crossover with the whole family kind of pitch. Correct. Like, so oh, don't you want. don't you have nostalgia for Double Dare? Uh, the kid know, the, know what Double Dare is, and that's kind of the irk thing of it is. But they know who Liza Koshy is because they watch YouTube. So yeah, yeah. But it's just it's just the question is is that it's it it have to be. Uh, you know what? What form is just like TV, just for kids? What does it take? And I think that it, the only place you could have it is either on YouTube or on Twitch. And I kind of jokingly pitched that idea for the Genius episode, but I, I kind of mean it for this one. Is just because that's where children's eyeballs are, and you know you would need to have it. You know, some kind of kids' uh, um, personality somebody that they would recognize in some way, shape, or form, kind of be the host, kind of draw them to it. And you would... I, I, I don't think you really need to change the format. I still think that, you know, kids will get into the idea of wrecking a place. Um, you just might have to have some kind of modern spin on the find and keep or the hidden picture. Um, that's I, That I don't think is going to be... is going to translate. I mean, the only other, I mean, there's a couple of things I had in mind. Uh, first okay. was uh, simply you just do one room. We make that the YouTube video. It's just the one room, room to room romp, or just do the whole room to room romp as the show. If you're going to go to a YouTube esque format of 10 minutes, where it. So it's like room versus room, maybe? Yeah, so it's the one team. And they can get as many points as possible through each room versus the next team as we reset it and do it again. Or, but that's what they did in the later versions of the UK edition. I think that was the remade for 2006 edition. Otherwise, mm -hmm. uh, what you could do is simply just do like a, because if the room to like the find the item, that's almost like a minute long. So you can easily just do that as Instagram video or a Snapchat video for kids. Because that's kind of the, where they get their medium if it's not YouTube. Uh, I mean, I kind of like the idea of a micro game show, uh, just really short. Uh, I, I feel like the, the the it would have to be asymmetrical, which may, may not be fair, but it's just like, all right, you do the blue team, you have one minute to tear apart the bathroom. Red team, you have uh, a minute to tear apart the bedroom, and maybe just have like you know ten things in there, yes. and whoever can get more uh, wins. And, you know, even just, you know, show it at the same time and cut oh, from kid you know to kid. What? Here's an idea then. You want to go that route. Uh, start with a, like, a big room, like a garage. Like, it's the garage, and mm -hmm. it's a really, really big room. And that's the qualifier between the two kids to see who goes into the room to room romp. And, and okay, that makes sense to me. So you're both in the room, I'm and it's the best two out of three. So there's already a bit of a mess, and there's already a lot of weird garbage, and there's, like, a car, and there's, like... A ho garden hose and there's a lot of equipment no saws nothing sharp because it's still finders keepers but there and it still keep that minor mess like you just go slightly into it mm -hmm. and then that's when you get to the big room to romp and that's when you can make it super messy so there's whipped cream flying everywhere there's slime that like we're amplifying it and you make so yeah and so there's so you can go kind of crazier in that sense because you don't have to reset anything and it can have the it can be the ultimate marriage of double dare and finders keepers Correct. by you know you, 
you open up the medicine cabinet and you just get sprayed with gack or whatever. And you, it's, um, that and sounds then you awesome. Pass it. So it's almost like double there in that sense, where one person's in one room, then the next person's in the next room, and the next person's in that mm-hmm. room, then the next, and it's eight rooms in like th- in like three minutes. But you still have the host, I, almost like the UK version, just go like, "You're a little warmer." I don't know about you, because if it's like at two minutes and you're like already still at the second room, basically just tell you it's in this coat pocket, it's in the sink, it's in the it's in the shower. It's just things like that would just speed them along. Yeah, just as like just to speed them along and just to be the kind of guide, because I felt like the most important role, um, the UK host. Uh, what was his name again? Neil. Neil. Uh, Neil. It, it's Neil uh, Buchanan. Buchanan. Neil Buchanan, I feel the the best role he serves is kind of like the glue to, I don't know, the whole kind of like emotional state of the children of just like guiding them through it, just being a fun presence. Like you had no problem bonking them on the head, like having that there to kind of like guide you through emotionally as well, I think is important um, in the host. And so like just something like that, just, you know, five minutes max just kind of like as part of its own little thing. Um, it seems to me it's like the only realistic way I can imagine something like this going on because I, I Finders Keepers doesn't have the nostalgia here in the United States, at least. I mean, there's still like with people, with, with some kids because it, it's kind of the double there is the tether line. Older people will, mm-hmm. will say Finders Keepers. Younger people in the 90s would say Legends. But they both offer something that didn't show up in Double There. Finders Keepers, mm-hmm. I think, should be revived. I, I think that could easily be a 22-minute show. It's. I think you're right, though, with you have to change the picture hunt game like to earn the rooms. Because that was always – and I think the find and keep was a good – answer to that but i think in today's kind of presentation it'll it'll still feel a little corny i think you just need to have something something like double dare did where it's like they would have maybe like a little trivia thing but then you know they would still have the physical challenge it was still that physical element of the show so maybe some kind of just like miniature you know, a, word, um, a messy word find kind of game where it's a messy word find, find or just being like a ball. Here's a ball pit in the first the, the team to find the key in the ball pit gets get, to search the bathroom and just like leave the the kind works. of like standing behind podiums aspect of it behind and just make it all tactile. Yes, I, I like that. That's why I was saying something with the garage. Like you want to go something with that's like. And I think a Roger would actually be a perfect like scene if you're going to go see- set mm-hmm. design for a Finders Keepers. Then you make it look like you know the concrete floor and some sidewalk chalk. But you can also have it be a little bit more dramatic because it's a little bluer lights. That it could actually have that more dramatic light. And that way, when you go into the room to romp and it's more bright, colorful, and a better simulation of what a house looks like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's something more mesmerizing, like a, a big amplified version of it. And then, and it could go like garage. Game. And you know what? That works because then, if it's like a garage, and you're playing these finding games or these minor physical challenges to find keys, you can easily try and make it almost like minute to win it style, where it's people at home can try these games at home. They can't do what's in the finders keepers house at home. So it, it almost yeah, that makes the sense. elevation that story progress of these are things you can play at home. You can do the ping pong ball ball pit if you have a ball pit you can do this game 
But now you're not yeah, in well, our house. You're in the fighters keepers house. Exactly. And, uh, and it's just like, I think, you know, you could get cute with it. And like, oh, here's the key. You want the key. So you get the, this unlocks the bathroom. And, you know, there's they have a little business with that. And they keep, um, and they still keep the idea of six regular rooms and two silly rooms. I think the silly rooms uh, are are important to to making it fun because it was like that. I really enjoyed the toy store and the bakery in the UK version. Like, well, and they had having a, and they had the they need to have like, they had they the, the mini the, supermarket or yeah, and I don't know, you know, you can go, uh, you know, and you can get done with it. Um, you know, here's the Fortnite room. Yes, here's um, the hosted by Ninja. <laughs> I mean, something like that. I mean, I know, I know it's silly to say, but uh, trying to synergize with those different brands or whatever that would pr- probably have to be a reality, and would help drag these kids uh, or you know not bring these audience into it to have these different moments where you could be like, oh, and you know we. Finders keepers, and today we have the Fortnite room or whatever. And I, the Fortnite room obviously is maybe a little too silly, but something I mean, like can, that. The contestants can be Fortnite players, like that is a guarantee. Like we play mm-hmm. Fortnite. Wow, how many victory royals have you had? Over a hundred. Whoa. Exactly, and I think that 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 is. Uh, I, I think that's engaging. But like, I think the idea of tearing shit apart, no matter how old you are is still appealing and it's still appealing to kids which i I think i would mm -hmm. do that but i would do more uh, elaborate rooms like almost like a almost like a i mean like in in one regard you can easily do finders keepers revive and just do like here's the music room and it's all musical instruments and then here's like here's what looks like a hotel room like a hotel complete with chocolate mint on the pillow it's not a bedroom it's a hotel room yeah, that that makes sense a to me. A restaurant, um, and the, like a mini restaurant, like th- like yeah, the, and it's just like with, and if we're going messy, like they have, like there's all a bunch of gross stuff on the plates, and maybe it's in the goop in the plates or whatever. Yes, exactly. Oh, it's the, uh, and then you because because I think that adds to the charm of it. The only other way you can do this is if you just completely just make it a uh, a escape room, and I I don't know if Finders Keeper should be an escape room game show. I don't think so, uh, personally, because to me, the the soul of Finders Keepers is is the is the destruction element, and there's you get the hint and there's things, but like in this, the escape room, I would f- feel like you have to start to be a little bit more careful and cerebral about the puzzles. Yeah, um, this is one where it re- and the game pretty much is just like find the remote control, like it's like where did Dad put the remote control in the living room? So you're just throwing kit quit cushions all over the place you're looking on the shelves and some of these in, yeah. in our version were diabolical it was like oh it's in the fish mouth you had to like put your hand in oh if you just would have look into this coat pocket in this shelf of clothes that all had coat pockets it was a big penny but like it's just like the size of a saucer um, and it was just in like one of the pockets of the closet, and that was fucked up. That's the one that I was against personally of being like too hard. Uh, was because the closet, that's against... closet is the hardest room, but it's still. But hiding things like every other one that it doesn't um, like if there's like a bunch of suitcases like on the top shelf, it's probably not going to be in one of the eleven suitcases. 
it's gonna be you know like under or but, beside or between the suitcases but hear me it, out um, we're in the airport open- terminal and this is the airport terminal room i mean i think you could do that but i think you need to adjust the times to to open up all those things oh you know what you like, can do just, i think you, you don't do a two-story you don't have a stair you just have a set of four mini rooms and you can yeah just, I, I think that's it's I mean, I think have the second floor is is something that would probably have to go. Um, even then, in the second while we were watching it, I'm surprised no no kids never ever broken their neck on that staircase. Um, it seems like it's the whole purpose of them wearing the the helmets. Um, so I'd be fine with just cutting it as uh, they always had to kind of be careful around that. And the whole point of finders keepers is just like. Because two, if I like the idea of just like a row of rooms too, because then if they had to like go from room to room, there's none of that awkward like oh I have to go up the stairs in two rooms. It's just like a straight shot See, to the sarcophagus. I think we room. found a way to YouTubeify it. Then you do the garage mini game, garage mini game. Mm-hmm. Two and the two out of three wins, and then you go through four different rooms to win four different prizes in a almost like a sixty second room to room romp. Uh-huh. And it's four different rooms. Or you what you could do is make the garage the fifth room and the best three of five. Like point value. Like a hundred dollars. So if you get three hundred, you absolutely win. I, I kinda like the garage as being like the The qualifier. The qualifier. Because I like the idea in this of you entering the house for the main game. Um, you know, maybe you don't do the bit with it, the key, kid, but I like I like that journey. And plus, if you're a kid, if you're a child, like most of the time, you don't go in through the front door. You, you're you're in your mom's car, you're in your dad's car, or you're on your bike on your way to back home, and you're usually going through the garage. That's where you're parking your bike. That's where you're you're putting the you're you're petting the dog. That if you put yeah, it in the and garage, I mean, you could have you you could have the van as as part of the thing it's just like and you feel has open that trunk feel, and like look in to see grocery bags and it's just yeah it's filled with jelly beans <laughs> but if you looked into this bag where there was these fake produce you would have seen and that would have worked like that would actually i i think it's a good it's i i don't i i'm curious to how well double dare is doing uh, it's doing um, okay right now. They're getting okay numbers, but it seems like they're rebooting a lot of other games. It's like they're doing Fifth Grader again. John Cena is hosting Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? That <laughs> that uh, I that seems weird to me. Like, and this is on Nickelodeon, not like network television. So, can you imagine John Cena? I know we're not. I'm. I'm I know he's going to probably wear like a suit, but like. I was expecting John Cena to wear his, like, you can't see me purple shirt and jorts. All yeah, right. I don't well, know, this man. This is for $400,000. Uh, question is, uh, who is the 12th president of the United States? I watched, I watched his, like, the some of his, like, tough guy reality show, competition show thing that he did. American Grit. Uh, yeah. And uh, I didn't love him as a host in that. So I got to, I, I, I like him normally, but uh, even though I'm not a big pro wrestling guy. Dig deep. Gotta um, dig deep. Gotta dig deep. Uh, but yeah, that's it, right? Yeah, this... <laughs> the, those are the horns. No, though, okay, yeah, that's it. Um, but for, for finders keepers, I, a garage, um, two out of three, you get through, and maybe don't even do room to room romp, maybe just do like the four rooms, and it's just like you win this, you fail, it doesn't matter. 
but it's four great prizes. And if you like, the more rooms you get, the better your prize. So then it's the you win the drone, you win the bike, you win the computer, then you win the Disney World. Yeah, um, and and maybe like the final room or whatever Disney World is, you like you always always like bigger. Yeah, that's the closet. It has that's more the tough, going on. Yeah, like that's the where it's like. Like the first one's silly. Like it's the custard room. It's a candy store. It's uh, and in room two, it's something that's familiar in a living room. So it's a, you know, it's a bedroom. It's a living room. It's the room three. I think that the fourth one has to be the silly one, or at least so it should be like one. It's like you know, living room, bedroom, closet, and then the enchanted castle, and it's always yeah, like the, that the actually works. <laughs> um, to, so you're doing the that, bathroom, the you're doing the bedroom, you're doing the kitchen, and, and now and there's more your, stuff, and it's weirder. Um, you're in you the know, museum. Like, you're in the, the something that it, you're in it, the barber it, shop. And I, you're gonna throw combs at everybody. An idea I liked, but I was executed terribly, is having uh, actors in the room, and like, and they had they had like the Frankenstein's monster in that one room. I think it would be fun to have an actor in one of them, um, you know, like dads on the couch or whatever. That I, it, would, it would be better than that, but it would be like somebody in there interacting with the kids to add like an extra dynamic element and it wouldn't be in every room but in one of the rooms it'd be like a a source of extra humor because then you can banter Uh, the guy can banter with the host and you exactly can do banter uh and you know maybe that uh, the kids can ask the dad questions or whatever and maybe he i don't know something like that i I think that that could be a, a fun spin i like that that's I think that that would work. So we're going to garage four rooms, each getting increasingly weird to win better prizes. And it's a Nickelodeon YouTube show because it definitely can't work on a 22 minute format these days. I think it would work perfectly on YouTube. Yeah. And no, what, like, what dad would do. Seconds, like uh, if it's still 60 seconds, go fine. Or 30 seconds, go fine. I, I Sorry to go back, but what the dad would do is that he would get really upset at the kids for destroying the living room as they destroyed it. <laughs> I think that would be re- Get out of oh, here! What are you get doing? out of here! You ruined it! We gotta go. We gotta go. Let's go over here to the kitchen. <laughs> He's crying over the broken Star Wars figurine. Just like, just close the door. Just leave him. <laughs> hey, he might be upset, but you shouldn't. You won the mountain bikes. <laughs> Exactly. That would definitely work. That is, I'm not saying it should be like a Jake Paul, but it definitely is starting to feel like. I, I mean, that's the problem is that like a lot of these people are uh, like total, <laughs> are just like insane people. So you need. I mean, you just have to bite the bullet. Like chaotic good, like a chaotic good host. Yeah, I don't know enough about. Jeff what, Suffin. What these... Jeff Suffin, I know you're watching this right now. You hosted Brain Surge. You hosted Figure It Out. Your next game is Finders Keepers. Call us, Jeff. Jeff, come on the show. We want to talk about 101 <laughs> Ways to Leave a Game Show. Did you really kill those contestants? Did you really kill them, Jeff? Jeff, answer. Answer Jordan. Don't kill the contestants, Jeff. <laughs> but I think that would that'd be the Jeff Suffin show. Because here's this guy like, this is a room I like to call... The graveyard. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't understand this reference. Oh, uh, 
because in like a few shows he would do something where it's like and this is something i like to call like that's almost like his tagline besides just saying his new york thing like on 101 ways to leave a game show uh if you get a question if you get a question wrong you get it you got eliminated it's a really fucked up show some of the fear factor guys where it was like all four contestants are strapped to a helicopter and it's like right over a canyon and if you pick the wrong answer and one of them is the is like an incorrect answer they would you would basically get dragged over the canyon by the helicopter and start flying all over the place jesus christ <laughs> yeah like it's fucked up wow so, and so that was on abc I, so but he also hosted kids game shows he hosted figure it out like they rebooted figure it out the contestant with the wrong answer is sent off a moving truck at 65 miles per hour. Yes. So it had like a fucked up thing. So that was the gimmick. Every episode was 101 different ways of eliminating a contestant. The contestants are put with their backs against a wooden wall that is set ablaze and yanked back by a fire hose blast for the losing contestant. Yes. I don't like this. I don't. I don't this is. <laughs> in the final round, they were 101 feet in the air. On the wipeout zone, like in the actual fucking wipeout zone set, like you can easily see some of the big balls in the background. And if and there was only one correct answer, so three had to get eliminated. And they would basically just drop them, and they would fall 101 feet into icy cold water, and that was it. Oh my god. It is a real fucked up show. I'll show you this as, as well as I knew Finders Keepers when we're done here. But I, I think oh my doing, God. Jeff Suffin, you're going to host this. We're casting you to host the <laughs> revival of Finders Keepers. There's a garage, there's four rooms, and there's a lot of mess and a lot of fun. And I hope you enjoy it. If the kids lose, they <laughs> get locked in the car trunk. Room, if you won't, you will be dragged <laughs> out of here by skateboard into a ring of fire, getting mauled by a lion. Not really. They don't. I never went that severe, but I, I I don't like this aspect of the show. We're not doing that. But he would probably slime okay. them. I'm sure there'll be some slime. Oh yeah, for right sure. Now. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's to me is the is the key to the updated finders keepers is you gotta add the the gross okay. factor. You gotta have some mess. You gotta have some slime. So you know, like even if it's like a graveyard and suddenly I'm nowhere, slime just sprays all over the place that they win. Exactly. Like, no, that should be the, the prize. Like, in the fourth room, if you win, and it's the most bizarre room in the house, and we know that always changes every episode. Mm-hmm. Like, the other three are just constant revivals of regular houses. So it's kitchens, bedrooms, closets, bedroom, bathroom. The fourth room is the crazier, craziest room, and that's for the most elaborate prize. There's, like, a sprinkler system that just shoots out slime on these kids. <laughs> that would yeah, be so exactly. Cool. Yeah, uh, like theming it to whatever's going on. It's the unicorn dust, and it's just like rainbow goop being sprayed on the kids. (laughs) Um, Graveyard is still green slime, though, for no reason. Even though there's like oh yeah, one hundred percent. And so, (laughs) I think Mm. we've revived. You know, uh, we're gonna make a great show here. Yeah, call us, Jeff. Call us. We we have a pitch for you. But before we get out of here, Reese, you know you know what's coming. Is it the lightning round? It is the lightning round. Five questions left. A minute on the clock. For every question you get right, you get one plug. Do I'm ready. Wa- do you want to play? I do want to play. I'm ready. All right. Now, this is fun because now we have a budget here. Watch this. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Favorite dinosaur? Allosaur. 
If you could have any room in Finders Keepers, what room would it be? The sarcophagus room. Where is my wallet? Uh, it's it's behind the uh, medicine cabinet. A room, a word that rhymes with lunch. Munch. Why hasn't Alton shown up yet? Uh, I he's real busy. All right, you did it. Five. <laughs> Five. You nailed it, Reese. We did it. I'm glad. Um, glad that I I was able to uh, divine where Wallet was. That was <laughs> it was kind of a guess at a left field. I'm just upset. Alton was supposed to come on like about three months ago, and like he was one of the first. It was supposed to be after you. It was Alton, and then something happened. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Alton, Alton, go on game shows, I suppose. I want everyone right now to go to at 8Alton8 on Twitter. Let him know. Go on game shows, I suppose. He'll love that. He would definitely not get angry and then send me hate mail through Discord. (laughs) (laughs) But Reese, do you have anything you want to plug? You have five plugs. Five plugs. Okay, first thing, of course, video games are the worst thing on earth. It's a great podcast. We've had uh, Jordan on before. Um, you can, the I believe that was the Todd Takedown. Um, it's a great episode. Check it out. It's a great podcast. Uh, video games are the worst. Pinecast.co. Second thing, uh, one of the best podcasts going on right now. Struggle Session. Check it out. Uh, great leftist takes on movies. Third plug, my Twitter. You're very good, bud. Uh, put that little at symbol beforehand. I tweet three random things a day. Um, sometimes it's funny. Check it out. It'll blow your mind. Fourth thing, uh, watch some Finders Keepers. It's uh, it's a fun relic. It's uh, not so bad as uh, as we make it sound. Or think fast. Or... <laughs> and for the fist thing, uh, uh, I don't know. Play, play Fortnite. Okay, I'm plugging Fortnite. Fortnite. Done. Well, I'm gonna start flossing right now. I heard that's the big thing on Fortnite. I'm gonna floss right now. Here I am. I'm, I'm flossing right now in front of Reese. I hope you guys are having a fun I, time. I don't. I mean, I've. I played Fortnite once, so I'm glad that I'm assume it's all about dental health. I don't understand this reference. I'm an old man. Uh, we're all dancing here. We're having a good time dancing. It looks like I'm punching myself in the crotch. And I hope I'm dabbing. Good time, Reese. Thank us again for stopping by. Uh, thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure. That was a fun episode. It's kind of funny because it's like Toffler wound up on Russian Roulette as a contestant. And, you know, Land of the Lost was such an important, like, Sid and Marty Croft production that it, it's funny to see these people wind up hosting a children's game show that a lot of people forget about. But I really enjoy talking about this with Reese. Hey, Reese, if you're listening to this, munch. So there's only one bit of note to also bring up. Uh, so when we were pitching the idea of, of the new version with four rooms, 
and the garage. Apparently that was a thing in the UK in 1996, the, the last year of the show. Uh, they did was a garage game, which was basically like a everyone plays in the garage to find four items. And, and of course, that would give them a head start in going into a pit to find more messy things. Uh, then each team gets to search through four rooms, either the top uh, floor or the bottom floor. And the first to find all four objects in each of their four rooms uh, goes on to the room-to-room romp through all eight, of course. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. But when it got revived in 2006, that's right, it got revived in 2006, a decade later, it went back to the find-and-keep format that was pro uh, popular in the early 90s of Finders Keepers, uh, with each room having the time limit to, to find a prize and lots of shenanigans occurred. I, I like this show. It still holds up. I wish I could find more episodes of Finders Keepers, and it absolutely should be revived. I like it. Uh, <laughs> I have a few ideas of, of, of who should host it as well, besides Jeff Suffin, but I'll keep that to myself, only because you probably don't know him. Uh, anyway, uh, it is time for our 110-part series exploring every pricing game on The Price is Right. This is the Pricing Game Spotlight. Race Game. Premier date, August 14th, 1974. Tape number 1023D. Premiere date with Carrie, October 17th, 2007, number 4043K, aired out of order on November 13th, 2007. Pricing, game location, center stage, finale gate, Barker's June 8th, 2007. That doesn't, that doesn't matter. <clears throat> race game is a race against time, where the contestant tries to win up to four prizes by placing its price in front of them. In this game, the contestant is presented with four price tags. Each of these price tags represents the price of one of the four prizes. He or she is given 45 seconds in which to attempt to place the tags with the correct prizes. After placing all four tags, the contestant returns to the display and pulls a lever. This causes the display to show the number of tags correctly placed, but not specifically which ones. If anything less than four is displayed, the contestant must rearrange the tags and pull the lever again. Anyway, uh, the contestant continues to do this as many times as they want. Uh, within the time limit, should the clock malfunction, stall, count the wrong way, the contestant will be given the extra time. But if at any point the contestant pulls the lever and has all four prizes correct, they win all four prizes. Otherwise... The contestant wins whatever prizes he or she had correctly tagged when the clock expires. If the contestant is in the middle of a switch when time expired, they can usually allow to complete it before pulling that lever a final time. The contestant is not allowed to pull a lever unless each of the price tags has been placed at a prize. The only way to win nothing in this game is to get none of the correct prices within the time limit. It is impossible for a contestant to win exactly three of the prices, as any three prizes being correctly tagged would necessitate the fourth tag being with the correct prize. For this reason, the display that shows the number of correct prizes cannot light up the number three. History. 
on September 19th, 2011. The premiere of the show's 40th season history is made when Sharon Baker, the second contestant called upon down, played for and won four cars. An 18,380 Chevy Colorado Ranger cab, a 22,795 Jeep Wrangler Sport, 4x4, 4x4. A 20,775 Mitsubishi Outlander Sport ES and a $16,569 Toyota Yaris. The pictures are seen below for full proof. No, this is the only time that the game was played in the first slotting. Oh, okay. On October 25th, 2016, as part of Big Money Week, the game offered a $10,000 cash bonus in addition to the four prizes. If the game was won in 30 seconds or less, the contestant Donna Cutler got all four prizes right in the nick of time, but no bonus. When Bob was the host, he announced the prices before the prizes were revealed and then gave all four to the contestant. Also, the clock appeared to be in the upper left-hand corner of the screen. Ever since Drew became the host, he announced the prizes after the prizes were revealed and handed them out to the contestant one by one. And since the 42nd season, the clock appeared in the lower left-hand corner of the screen. Music cues used. Okay, this is new. There must have been at least four different pieces of music in race games history. When the game was first played, it used a vaudeville-style musical cue. The Kennedy version used a recording of the William Tell Overture. The current cue, entitled "Happy or Early Happy Days, which is a bouncy, upbeat saloon-style tune, has been in use since January 15, 1992. The 1970s disco-themed Halloween 2011 show used a disco-style music cue. The music continues to play until either the contestant has correctly placed all four prizes, or time runs out. In foreign versions of the prize right of slight changes, for instance, the UK versions, the contestants only got 30 seconds. There is at least one foreign version of the prize in which the contestants have 60 seconds. Outside the United States, the record win uh, in Finland's Mita Maxka was one in 11 seconds. Trivia. This game and Switcheroo have similarities. They both have timed pricing games. You don't have to win all the prizes. It'll tell you how much time is left on the clock. It'll tell you how many you have right, but not specifically which ones. After placing the element next to each prize, you won't get one number within the range of numbers, three in range game four in Switcheroo. Uh, the most number of times this game was played in any season was 58. Well, that's interesting. I like race game. I, I think this is one of the, the best games because of the fact that it requires uh, running. What I liked once is, uh, and I saw this episode, was they had a contestant uh, who, who was uh, disabled, and they couldn't run because <laughs> that they were in, a, I believe, in a chair. So they, what what Bob Barker thinks, because I think this is the Barker era one, they got someone to come up on stage on their behalf and pick the uh, prizes, and I thought that was a touching uh, moment for the prizes, right? And I think they won all four prizes that time. I like it because it's four prizes. So it's kind of like a mini showcase in a way of, of what to win. And what I also enjoy is it's similar to like Wipeout. Not not Wipeout like Big Balls Wipeout, like Tamarkin Wipeout, where it's you can keep going as long as you have time to rearrange the uh, answers. And I don't know how I would redo Race Game. I, I think the only thing I could think of... Uh, would just be graphically like have like a big 42 inch screen and then like a lever like one of those old-timey uh, boat ship levers to determine like time and then have like a ticking time watch where it, it, it just moves from left of the screen and it's this vertical and it's just like this rotational physical like clock with a little pointer almost like bonkers going from left 
all the way up. So if like at 30 seconds, it's it's center and then all the way down to the end. Kind of like, because if you're doing 45 seconds, it has to be like a Pac-Man style look. Uh, I would just like something physical instead of just an A-crate clock. But that that's just me. Otherwise, uh, I would just make it a very digital display with milliseconds also included, just to give it that essence of every millisecond counts too in this game. But I do like the, the thing I like most about race game is the neon display. When it's zero, one, two, or four, it, it's so much cool. It looks like, you know, you're in a casino or at a convenience store. I don't know which one you want to call it with, but that neon gives it something that I, I don't see in any other game shows. And it's such a retro design, but such a fantastic, frantic game that a lot of times in later Prices Right games, such as Bonkers, for instance, they try to replicate it, but it just doesn't have the same effect. And I like the urgency of this game. And I like the quick thinking nature of coming up with the guesses because easily the easiest way to come up to easily the easiest way to make the game is just simply put all four prizes in there without looking at the prize. Then if you see like zero switch all of them like one to two, two to one, three to four, four to three, push it again and then repeat the process like you're, you're breaking a lock. Okay, two to three, three to two, one to four, four to one. Uh, until you get the process. I, I, I enjoy this game, and I, I'm glad it's still in rotation to this day. It definitely needs a little sprucing up in terms of paint, but other than that, it is good to go and fun to keep watching. And next time, here on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we'll be taking a look at actually one of my favorite games on The Price is Right. It's called 10 Chances. I watched a new game show on Bingham Young University Television, or BYU TV for short. I believe it's free, and you can check this out at BYUTV.org. It is a game show called Battle of the Ages. Yeah, it's a family channel, and a lot of family channels tend to have game shows. Rather, Discovery Family with their American Ninja Warrior Jr. and Beat the Clock, to when PAX had Supermarket Sweep and Shop Till You Drop, to the Family Channel and their cavalcade of shows like Wild Animal Games. This is a little different than that. Battle of the Ages is an interesting show to talk about. Uh, it is a, it definitely is a wholesome family game show that you can have for the whole family. So this is kind of weird for me to explain it, considering my foul mouth and, uh, the way I handle game shows, but here's how it works. It is two teams of three, a grandparent, a parent, and a child, and they play a few games. I believe they play three rounds with the winners going into the bonus round, uh, it's a very, it almost feels like a Stone Stanley production, even though it's not a Stone Stanley production, because a lot of this feels like like Shop Till You Drop, but it's not Shop Till You Drop, even though J.D. Roberto is the host, and he was the host of the last incarnation of Shop Till You Drop. Here's how it works. Uh, in round one, they each play a mini game for 100 points. So in other words, the grandparents versus the grandparent, the the, the parent versus the parent, like a mom versus dad, and then the two children. Uh, and they play different games that are on a digital wheel. And the way it's orchestrated is the games on the wheel 
are almost like remote control where there is an actor playing a character and it's an identifying game. Uh, for instance, in the first episode, there was something called Stanley Streamer. And they got an actor to basically talk about a video game while, while doing the fake like playing of it. And yeah, they even did the whole boop, 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 pop, boop, pop, even though most video games don't do that anymore. But uh, it was supposed to try to emulate Twitch streaming and, and YouTube Let's Plays. And the idea was supposed to be, can the parents identify the video games their kids are playing? So it's things like Mario Kart or uh, Guitar Hero. Uh, and if they got the best two out of three in that game, they got 100 points for their team. In round two, uh, not in round two yet, but the, the I believe number two was with the kids. And it was called What's That Noise? So this time around, they got an actor to play a DJ. You know, what's up, everybody? I'm the DJ. Woo! Kind of thing. And they would play a wave, like a wave file. And you had to guess what the wave file was of. And of course, it would be dial-up internet. Because kids don't know dial-up internet. They're kids. Uh, did I mention I, I don't really like this modern generation of kids these days? Am I right? <laughs> Um, but, but hey, it's fine, because uh, it was a fun question. But it wasn't a two out of three like Stanley Streamer. It was just a one-and-done game, which I found a little odd. Third was played with the grandparents. It was called Flyover. They got an actor to pretend to be a pilot, giving clues about a, a U.S. state. And then once they figured out what the state was, they would buzz in. And if they got it correctly, they'd get 100 points. Much like What's That Noise?, they didn't have a two out of three rule, which I found once again weird. I, I think if you're going to do like Stanley Steamer, make it one and done like the other two games. Or if you're going to do What's That Noise or Flyover, do two out of three because I thought that made it more competitive. But oh well, that's okay. Not, not to knock the show down for being inconsistent in the first round of gameplay, but I would kind of would have liked a more cohesive thing. Uh, in round two though... It was played for 250 points. Because remember, that first round was was three games for 100 each. That means 300 points. In round two, it's played for 250 points. And it's kind of like a bit of note, but with a kind of physical challenge situation, almost something like that would be on Shop 2 You Drop. Only instead of pricing games or pop culture games, it was what decade does this belong in? Uh, the game was called Throwback Thursday. So what they did was they had to catch a football on the correct decade that was kind of like the end zone line. So it was like there was a, a there's a 2010s end zone like line, there's a 20, 2000 end zone line, 1990s, 1980s, etc. And the one is the quarterback and gets to have the ball and throw it, I think just just toss it. And the other was a two-headed like like football player. So they had to, kind of like one of those attached at the hip games. So there's two heads, then there's the two shirt, and it's a big jersey with two heads in it. So they had to coordinate and communicate as they go to each decade and try to explain when something was created. What would happen is uh, they would have to do a bit of note on that. So it's, I can get five and 60 seconds. I can get six and 60 seconds. I can get seven and 60 seconds. Okay, prove it. And then they would play the game out. If they complete the challenge, they get the 250. If they fail the challenge, the opposing team gets the 250. 
And I thought that was a very clever game. I did enjoy it because it was kind of uh, silly, fun. It did remind me of Shop Till You Drop, and it was one of the most fun things I saw in the episode because it was a bit clever in a way it was detecting thing, and it was... If the whole focus on this game show is bringing families together to communicate, this is a game that definitely did it. Whereas round one was split off into a head-to-head. This was a communication game, and I did enjoy that. In round three, this was the deciding round. So obviously, if you paid attention, that 250 points would definitely mean something because 50 points is definitely going to be what happens in the event of a tie. There's there's no need for a tiebreaker because whoever had the 50 points would most likely have the advantage. Uh, unless someone aced all three rounds and then got 250 points, in which case they're just 50 points ahead as they go into the final round. In this game, it's a dis or dat style AB game called Tag Me In That. There are two celebrities displayed on a video wall with one family member next to each one. And the other one, the third family member, and this rotates, uh, sitting on a mat. There will be a fact about the celebrity, and the contestant has to run over and tag their family member. Literally tag them for the points. For every correct answer you got in this A-B game, you would get 100 points. And there were 10 questions for each team, meaning there is up to 1,000 points up for grabs, meaning it's anybody's game. You like that in game shows when it's the it's anybody's game at the end? I kind of do. I like this round because there is no need for a tiebreaker. Someone definitely did the mathematics here to decide what happens in the event of a tie in this with that 250 in round two. And with with this kind of scoring system too, uh, it definitely also adds that coordination of point to her, pick her if you know the pop culture, pick the daughter. Something like that always makes it fun. Um, I like this game. Because there is that dash and urgency, kind of like the race game on The Price is Right. Go figure. But also, there is, there's something awkward, though, about having a grandparent to run in this. Because not, not, to, not to diss the, the age of, of some of these contestants, but when time is of the essence and it's like 60 seconds on the clock, grandparents can't run that fast. The, a game like this just doesn't really fit even though you want to do a physical game at the last minute a big final urgency game i I think something like this just should not work (laughs) i think it should be kind of like uh if you're going to do this have the grandparent and the parent be on both sides and have the kid dash and do like a fun physical messy stunt like you have to go over a hurdle and there's whipped cream before touching the answer and then you have to come back and hit the buzzer. Something like that would have been a little fun. That's just how I would have done round three. I like this game because whoever got the most points at the end of the third round uh, goes on to the bonus round called the Timeline Challenge. And this is actually when the game gets kind of weird, I will say. I know I said it's been weird the first three rounds, and this is weird me explaining it. But for a family game show, this became a pop culture history game show at this final hurdle. And it's one that I really, really love. Uh, I would say this is one of my favorite kind of reminds me of History IQ, if anyone ever remembers that from the History Channel. So here's how it works. One contestant is the runner and the other two stands on the sideline. Kind of like what I said in round three should happen. 
but instead of like a physical stunt, it really is just going through seven screens. And it's almost like race game, once again, on the price is right. Uh, with each screen, there's a year starting from the 50s and working its way to the 2010s. So 1955, Disneyland opens. 1960s, uh, Who Walked on the Moon? 1970s, uh, what was the name of Queen's album? 1980s, uh, what is the name of the Decepticons? Uh, 1990s, uh, what is this song from Hanson? 2010, uh, the 2000s. Uh, what the which? What's the name of the Powerpuff Girls? And then 2010s. Uh, let's just go with Phineas and Ferb. I don't know if that was 2010s or not, but Phineas and Ferb. So it's not like name as many as you can. It's an A B game similar to the this or that in the fine in the sorry the tag me in that in round three. Uh, but instead of just is it this celebrity or this celebrity, it is seven either or statements. It could be true or false. It could be more or less. It could be this or that. And you have to press the, you have to push the button. There's one for A, one for B. And then you have to run all the way back and hit the final buzzer. And if you get all seven correct answers within 60 seconds, you get $10,000. If you do not in that 60 seconds, you'll get told how many are right. You don't know where they are. And you must go back and switch them. Much like the race game on The Price is Right. And I enjoy that. Because that means you can just kind of estimate what is right, what is wrong. And this is the final game of coordination with the contestants. Because, hey, I don't have that much memories of the 2000s, 2010s pop culture. I'm more 90s, 80s, 70s. My, my, my mom is a 50s, 60s. So she can help me out with those two. And there's supposed to be that element in this game. And I enjoy that. Once again, it is a Stone Stanley show that is not Stone Stanley. Uh, but I like that urgency. And if they do not get it within the 60 seconds, they get $1,000 for every correct answer. That means that even if they are all but one off, they get $6,000, which is not bad for any family game show on a Bingham Young University television network. I mean, that's some numbers that even, like, GSN doesn't deliver, or even Double Dare, and I am shocked it is on this network, and this is such a fun show that I enjoyed watching this. I wasn't really expecting to, I was expecting this to be kind of, you know, done on the cheap, end, and in some ways it is, but... It's own, but when it comes to the gameplay, when it comes to the way they do different challenges and the way they bring the families together, I love it. I actually love Battle of the Ages. Uh, I think the gameplay could get better. I think some of the games are a little repetitive, given round three to round four, and given you know how round one's a little off, but uh, it's fine. I think, however, uh, one of my big issues, oh, I even wrote some questions down. For, for instance, 2019, who's saying thank you next, Ariana Grande or Cardi B? A buzz in, oh, oh, that's good. I like that. I wrote that down. Neat. All right, so <clears throat> here's how I would have done it. In round one, I, 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 made the, I made the game with four rounds in a final because uh, round one and two was in the first act. Follow me on this. 
In round one, it's called Parents Play. It's a simple head-to-head game for 100 points, two out of three, just like uh, in, in the main game. Because if we're doing a Parents Play, they kind of grew up in that irrelevant 80s, 90s world of game shows with the actor, and I think that works for them to do it. In round two, which is played in the same act, you do a physical challenge game with the kids. Something like Yet Messy, Silly String, something fun, silly, wacky, slightly messy, but also a bit of trivia involved. And that's played for 150 points. Something that can be involved in their generation and then something in the other generation. In round three, it's called the Grandparents Play. And that's when you do the timeline game. Like you do this fun little history game about what do they know. And that's for 200 points. So in other words, we're already now giving away 450 points or still that 50 point final. Um, <clears throat> in round four, which is the third and final act, everyone is on the buzzers. All There's six hand buzzers. Everyone gets one and it's nine questions. And they're separated by three categories. Grandparents, parents, and children. Uh, if the parents buzz in on their category, they get 50 points. Or if the children buzz in on their category, they get 50 points. But if uh, they buzz in on another generation, whether it's the grandparents or the parents and you're a child, or your grandparent and you pick a parent or a child question, it's worth double for 100 points. And there's nine questions, meaning up to 900 points. In the event of a tie, there is one. Uh, there is a what year is this tiebreaker question. And it's something like, uh, it's something that's going to be something that's weird that no one would probably ever think of. Like, uh, what year did Space Mountain debut at Disneyland? Like, you can't say strictly like when it did debut at 1955 or was it a little older? I don't remember. But something like that, I enjoy. And I think something on the buzzers will make that the frantic trivia game where you already had the physical game, you already had some silly game irrelevant with the parents, and you had a grandparent game showing how much, you know, age comes with wisdom. So they all play their individual games leading into the round four when they're finally head-to-head against each other. In the final round, it's the coordination game. I call it back in time. I'm calling the final round back in time. It's similar to the Wipeout finale and similar to the game they're playing now. But instead of one person running... It's all three. All three of them get to play. Uh, what starts is it's 60 seconds on the clock, and you got to go to the three questions each, starting with the children and ending with the grandparents. And each question is an A, B as well. Um, so for the children, you know, you get a 2019, 2018, 2015, 2014, 2010 style question, something recent, current that they were around to see. Then after those three questions are buzz in correctly, you have to, for instance, 2019, who's saying thank you next? Ariana Grande or Cardi B? A buzz in with all three will unlock the next three screens for the parents to answer. 1980s, 1970s, 1990s. And they have to get through their three questions. Uh, If they don't get those three correct, their ABAs, uh, they have to go back and try again. And then if the parents get all three of theirs right, it unlocks the final three for the grandparents to buzz in and answer. For everyone they get correct is $500. I know I'm kind of cheaping the show that way because at most you can get $4,000 if you fail. But if you get all nine right, you get $10,000 just like the game. And I think there's some sense of community urgency in that. 
And I kind of like that as well. If you're doing a timeline decade game, make that the big final event. As for JD Roberto's hosting, I think he's okay at it. Um, he he's fine. It, it's it's tough to cast a host for a three generation game show because it has to be someone the grandparents know, the parents know, and the children know, and that can't really be anybody except for maybe like Mark Summers. But uh, he he's kind of busy with Double Dare. But this show is so natural, and I really love the contestants on this show. I will actually say, it's like, this is a game show where I would say they had probably the best casting for contestants. Because these, because almost everyone else has like a stereotype, or they're this family, or they're this, and they're going to have to be wacky. This one, they're all families, and they you get to understand all six contestants by the end of the episode. And you get to love all six of these contestants because they're all kind of naturally who they are. If, if they're talkative, they'll talk. If they're really quiet, they'll be quiet, but they'll still play the game. And it's it's still loving and touch. It, it, it's loving and embraceive and it touches your heart. That, that's kind of where I'm going to go with. Like it's, it's lovely. It's a very lovely game show. It's just some of the games are a little screwy. That's all. Um, but it's, it's a good run. I I think it's tough uh, coming up with, with some of these games. But the fact that they're going for a family game show and this is what they came up with, it's a perfect uh, addition to the other show they have on their network, which is just like Mom and Dad, a Canadian game show, which I have on my list because it's a revival of a classic game show called Just Like Mom and Dad as well. Uh, so, so I'm excited for this game show and I will definitely rewatch this. I, I would say of all the game shows I watched this week from, uh, from Mental Samurai to Blockbusters to Battle of the Ages, Battle of the Ages is the best of the three. I hate to say it, Battle of the Ages was the most, was the most fun I had because it reminds me of Shop Till You Drop, but with pop culture from the decades and with families working with each other and having a good time which I, I enjoy you don't really see that that much on television it's all still fighting and, and argumentative and this is just fun and wholesome and great i like it what i want to see though is i want to see this production like these people like from the casting to the director, to the set dressing, which, by the way, I love the set dressing because they got family photos on here. I'm a sucker for that. I'm, I'm a sucker for they got family photos on the screen to show their most priceless memories all the way to this, like, timeline genealogy thing that's, like, little webs and little lines to show, like, a family tree. I like all these little, like, hooks that you don't really notice that make this game show so great. I love it. I like this show a lot. Uh, it's, I kind of like it. I like it a lot more than some GSN shows, to be honest. And it's it's weird because this is on a family channel. And I, it's on a network I don't think a lot of people have heard of. But I really think you should give it a try because this is a really a fun, wholesome show. It is something that shows that it's coming from the heart. It's not just done on the cheap. It, someone actually put some thought into this game show. Uh, the only problem is some of the games. 
the little inconsistencies. Other than that, it's fine. I like it. I want to see these producers. I want to see these casting people, everyone from top to bottom, do an attempt at the BBC game show, the CBBC game show called Copycats. Uh, Copycats is this game show where they get families and like their friends, and it's basically kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like they have a dividing wall, and it's someone drawing something in like ten seconds, then the wall closes. And then that person has to draw the same thing in 10 seconds to the next person, almost like the telephone game. Uh, and at the end, the person at the very end can score the maximum points if they know what the thing was, which, as we know, will definitely make a mistake. And that adds to some humor in the game. It has that same charm, that same wholesome humor that I found in Copycats in Battle of the Ages. And I enjoy that show. And I'm glad that this show kind of exists for, for families, you know, there's a lot of family game shows out there, like, uh, for instance, The Noise on Discovery Family. Uh, there, there, there's a, they, they try to make family game shows all the time. And I kind of like this one. I, I just think that if you can just tinker it just a way to make it, I'm not going to say full-on shop till you drop knockoff, but just a way to make it more silly fun for the whole family and make it so it's obviously the grandparent is more of the leader of the group not so much the parent or the child that it adds some humor to it there there's room for a lot more humor to the show um but it's not mean-spirited it's a likable show and i had fun watching it I don't normally have this sort of reaction watching modern game shows because most of them are either kind of just like repetitive gameplay format or it's some sort of edgy sort of snark, 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 snark like blockbusters. But this show definitely stole my heart and it's weird to say that. (laughs) But I enjoyed Battle of the Ages and I I can't give it the A... Because there's still a few issues with it. I still think it's kind of awkward to see Grandma try to run from, like, do a 100-yard dash. Because that eats away, like, 15 seconds of time. But if you can do a game where it's the child or the parent doing it, then it's all fun. Uh, I give it the B-plus in this episode. This is a B-plus game. Definitely could get better, but I love this show. I I adore this show, and I do recommend you guys try and check out uh, Battle of the Ages. It's at BYUTV.org. I don't think you need a cable subscription, so it's good. (laughs) Like, wow, I am shocked. Uh, That is all the time we have for for us this week. Join me next week. We have to do a review of Catchpoint, and we have to do a review of Million Dollar Mile, but I don't know how either of those will play out. Until then, have a great night and mwah, smooch!